Welcome to the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I am joined by Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Alicia Walker. Brooke Barrett. Hello. Josh Dean. Oh yeah. And Zach Rowland. Hey. And every week on this show, we discuss a movie, and then one of our podcasters suggests a movie for next week for us to watch and discuss. All movies are available from the major streaming services so that you can participate with us at home. Uh, today's suggestion came from Josh. It is the Lynn Shelton movie Hump Day from back in 2009. Um, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. We're going to start with what we've been watching lately. Brooke, how about you? What have you been watching lately? Uh, because of my new Shutter account that I mentioned last week, I'm still stuck into the realm of, of classic horror. Uh, I was a horror movie kid, so like watching movies I really shouldn't have been. My dad would take me to rent horror movies, and I'd watch them on VHS by myself while he worked nights and would leave me alone. So I've been going down the uh, the path of watching the classics that were are just terrible. Um, Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, Creep Show 2, like the 1987 Terrible. <laughs> genre of bad horror. Did you watch the Joe Bob version Terrible of Hello, way. Mary Lou? I didn't know there was a Joe Bob version of Hello, yes, Mary Lou. Yes, if you go to uh, The Last Drive-In Season 1, um, it is the finale episode of Season 1. Uh, it's one of the best episodes of Joe Bob there is. It's actually. Oh my god! I'm so excited. Yeah, it's actually a gateway episode that I use for a lot of people to get into that show. So, well, perfect for me. Um, also, I did find, and I'm sure probably almost everyone had heard of it, but me, uh, I had not heard of the Nick Cage movie Mandy. Oh yeah. Uh, so and oh my god i watched that last night and i am just i am just invigorated and i love movies again and oh my god it was so incredible and insane and bonkers and i still don't know what i watched and i want to watch it again your cage it's just crazy and i loved it so good well cool that's all i've done that's all i've watched aaron how about you all of it. Well, I also pretty exclusively love horror movies. Um, my wife bought me the Warlock collection, and so I watched Warlock 1 and 2, <laughs> and she also got me the um, sequel, remake, meta-existence, um, Town That Dreaded Sundown. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they made in like uh, 2013 or so, but um, that that those are what I've been watching. And if if you haven't watched the Warlock series, there's such garbage. It's wonderful. Um, Julian Sands is is fantastic, and you should definitely watch it. Is that the one with the like spinning balls? Uh, that's well, phantasm. Okay. Um, War, Warlock does have a spinning compass. Uh, to find witches, but it's so insane. Like it, it makes no sense whatsoever, and just just things happen, and and the the special effects are so mind-boggling bad. How three sequels spawned for this is is or well two sequels. Um, it, it's just amazing. 
because it made like millions of dollars against a ten thousand dollar budget. That's kind of how horror works. <laughs> I'm shocked it made any money. <laughs> but uh, Alicia, how about you? Well, uh, we've watched several movies, although uh, a lot of them have been ones that at least one of us have seen. We watched uh, The Great Gatsby, the more recent uh, Great Gatsby not long ago. Nathan had never seen it, so we watched that. And uh, we also watched a little John Waters last night, a little Hairspray. Mm. Uh, But probably most recently, we started the new series that premiered last night, the new Perry Mason that's on HBO with Matthew Reese. Yeah, what did you think of that? I don't know if anybody else has caught that yet. I thought it was really well done so far. So we'll see what happens. It's very dark. It's kind of a prequel to the Perry Mason story. To be honest, I never watched the old Perry Mason show with him as a lawyer. I mean, I think I just knew all the lingo and the cliches and all of the you know story of Mason in general but hadn't really watched it. I watched the original show and I saw the trailer and from what I understand and you can correct me is the the new series like a prequel to the original series? That's what it appears. I was listening to the review uh, by David Bean Cooley and he was saying that it's kind of set um, right before he becomes more the lawyer we know him for and uh I think the series, at least season one, assuming there'll be more seasons, is going to end essentially where the original written stories and then a lot of the series actually picks up and starts. Okay. So he's essentially like, yeah, he's essentially like a private eye for hire, um, kind of down on his luck, uh, world in disorder kind of a thing. And so they introduce apparently a lot of the main characters from the main series that everybody knows kind of during this time period. That's awesome. Yeah, I really like Matthew Reese from uh, The Americans. So yeah, I was looking too. forward to Perry Mason. I just haven't haven't seen it yet. Well, and it's definitely a show where as you're watching it, you see a lot of people pop up you've seen on other series that are great. So yeah, so it's got a lot of potential. We'll see what happens. Cool. Uh, Zach, how about you? I've been going more on the movie train this uh, last round. I uh, I crushed uh, two more Mission Impossible films. Uh, Mission Impossible 2, um, which was... Um, oh, bad. gosh. Now I forgot the John name of the Woo. director. Um, John Woo, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, not great. I think Thandie Newton is probably the best part about that film. Um, she's great always, but like, no, thank you. And then, uh, and then Mission Impossible three, which was JJ Abrams first feature, yep. like action film thing that he did. And I was like, had high hopes and it just let me down in every department. And I was like, of course, lens flare after lens flare. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, not big on the lens flare, but man, I was just like, how did I come to like this guy's work so much if this is how he started? Well, and the second one has John Woo's doves after doves after doves. <laughs> oh, there has to yeah, be doves in every so scene. so many doves. I'm just like, uh, what did they let? What did they allow directors to do to this? So now I'm up to Ghost Protocol, which I've heard good things mm-hmm. about, and I feel like this is where it starts to take off and become what it is now. With Definitely. where Fallout is, which is what I saw recently. I'm gonna watch Fallout again after I watch Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, and then so yeah. Um, but the first three, I think, are just wow. I didn't. I, mean, I think that's why I got turned the off. The first one's by okay, them I think. and didn't go. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's good. I think it's because it's more spy level. It's like kind of like Winter Soldier esque in terms of like it's very Cold War <laughs> well, uh, yeah. style of like Mission spy. Impossible should be like more Winter Soldier than Winter Soldier, and the fact that it's <laughs> not is a problem. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree. The first one's probably been the best thus far I've, that I've seen. Um, I uh, I rewatched Midsummer with my wife. Mm-hmm. And man, what a treat! Especially to watch it with uh, someone else, and someone, and mean like she enjoyed it actually. Um, you know, it, not like she didn't love it, but she was like, it wasn't terrible. Um, you know, very shocking in a lot of ways. Um, I really ha- like just the second go around was just like, oh yeah, this thing, oh yeah, that thing. Um, hell of a film. Well, I asked this question uh, by, was to Eric- everyone who tells me they've seen Midsummer, which is. Have you seen either of the Wicker Man movies? I've yes, I saw the Neil LeBute one. Okay, <laughs> and that and that one, I with um, uh, our our good friend Nick Cage yeah. mentioned earlier. Um, <laughs> yeah, that one's a, a, a crazy town. That was uh, it's just nuts. Um, I haven't seen the is the original yeah. the other one right? There, there's one from like the early seventies. It was a British film, um, and it's it's. It's not uh, as wacky because it doesn't have that Nick Cage performance mm-hmm. in it, but it is very yeah. um, disturbing and it's also flawed. Um, they didn't, the, they ran out of money or the director didn't get final cut or something like that. Um, and the movie kind of like bankrupted the company that was making it. So it didn't really get a release. It ended up with this kind of cult following. Um, the reason Nick Cage one exists is because he's one of the biggest fans of that original movie and he wanted to remake it um, and get it the attention <laughs> it deserves. But um, yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities between The Wicker Man and Midsummer. So, yeah, for sure. And I, I've seen Hereditary um, and I'm looking forward to is Ari Aster, right? That's his that's yeah. the director. Yeah. Um, his his uh, future endeavors because I just I, f- I really find his cinematography and storytelling fascinating disturbing or not it's just different to me so I like that um, and then uh, I watched uh, with my wife also Batman Begins because I want to get to the Dark Knight um, so we're just doing the whole trilogy so we just got through Batman Begins and I mean she she's somewhat of a Batman fan. She's actually been watching Batwoman on uh, CW. Um, I only watched the first season. I didn't watch the second season of that, but uh, Batman begins, I guess like I, the reason I'd never go back and watch it. Cause like, I really didn't think it was all that great. I don't know why, what the shift was between the dark Knight and Batman begins, but I don't, does anybody else have strong feelings about Batman begins? Um, I think all of the movies have the same problem, which is the same reason that they were selling points when the movies came out was that it was the first time they tried to do Batman realistically. And that's Mm. what Batman begins is about. And, um, really the only difference between it and the dark Knight is the dark Knight has one or two really great action sequences that kind of set it above and then you have Heath Ledger's Joker, which sure. once you get to the Dark Knight Rises, it's like it's just kind of a big mess. Um, 
Yeah, you lose that. So I don't think I don't think people go back and watch Batman Begins and The Dark Knight Rises very often. I think people tend to stick to the just The Dark Knight if they're revisiting that series. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward for, uh, for her to see is the Dark Knight. And uh, we watched Joker recently, so it's like cool for her to be able to see different portrayals of the Joker character. Um, it's it's nice to be able to watch those things with my wife and get different perspectives and things like that. So We're still waiting for you to watch Alien yeah, 3. I know, I know. I've got so much. I, uh, I've got other things really that I feel like I'm more inclined to watch. Uh, last thing that I'll talk about is um, this movie that my wife had me watch because if I have if she watches movies that I want her to watch, I have to watch movies that she wants me to watch. It's only fair. So I watched Barfly, uh, 1987, I believe. Um, wow, I was I felt angry at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I just I re- I mean I I be, I'm appreciating it more as I let it settle, but I did not like it after initial viewing but my wife and i talked about it a little bit more as we do with this show and i'm like coming to understand it better so i told her she should watch wise blood because (laughs) i feel like barfly and wise blood are like kind of one and the same almost where you're just like what the fuck is happening all the Mm -hmm. time uh anybody else seen it it's with mickey rourke right yeah yeah it's been a long time done away remember nothing i know i saw it but it was not, by, i don't remember it well enough to discuss yeah it's what's written by bukowski. charles bukowski right and the, and it's roughly loosely based on his life and his alcoholism and his uh, sex addiction and all the stuff that he's known for um man is it something if you guys haven't seen it that's <laughs> definitely one i would say like if you're a cinephile and you haven't seen that that's a, that's a hell of a film I watched it when I was too young to understand it, just like the horror movies that I was talking about watching at 10. Yeah. Probably about how old I was when I watched Barbara. Well, my, my wife said her, the first time she saw it, she was 12. And I was like, how the hell are you watching this when you're 12 years old? So, but I realized, like, I watched Planet of the Cave Bear when I was, like, 10. Is it because so, she watched uh, I get it. Nine and a Half Weeks when she was 10? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it really sets you up. Another Mickey Rourke... Uh, fading prime movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would, uh, brief good stuff. I, I, I would stay away from having a war of attrition with your wife on movies. Um, don't, don't make her watch wise blood. <laughs> if you don't want more bar fly stuff in your life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Um, so I have, uh, I've been kind of on a tear watching movies and and TV and stuff. Um, Last week was the season two finale for Joe Bob's Drive-In, and they showed Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, um, which sucks. They had (laughs) Doug Bradley on, and the female lead, who I forget her name, the female lead was delightful. Doug Bradley is a jerk, and... Um, brought the whole proceedings to a halt. We kept wanting him to leave and get back to the movie. And then the second movie they showed was a little film called Hell Comes to Frogtown. Um, one of the <laughs> silliest post-apocalyptic movies ever made. was uh, partially financed with, by uh, Mel Brooks and nearly put him, out of bi- put him into bankruptcy. Um, Roddy Roddy Piper is the star of that movie. 
And uh, in that film, he is one of the last fertile men left after the apocalypse. And so he signs his uh, genitals away to the government and they put a brace on it because it's now government property and his job is to go find and rescue the females and impregnate them for the wars of tomorrow. What a film. Is he wearing a kilt? Uh, he is wearing... No kilt? Uh, it, it, sort of. He's He wears this like uh, long cloth between his legs that kind of covers the the mechanism most of the time and it definitely looks like um a tattered version of a kilt um he's got serious coke bloat on his face um there's there's talking frog monsters in it it's 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 trash but it's wonderful wonderful trash um Hmm. and then because i am uh completely insane I watched all seven seasons of Nurse Jackie since last week. Um, wow. A show that I tried to watch when it was first airing. I think I watched the first four episodes and just didn't like it, couldn't get into it, and gave up on it. And I wanted to give it another shot. I thought, well, maybe after the first season it gets better. It, meh, marginally, it gets better. And then I think the last two seasons are about as good as it gets. Funnily enough, the longer the show goes on, the more episodes start being directed by Dexter directors. And then season six and seven are show run by Clyde Phillips, who left Dexter after season four. So it's like he redeemed himself and closed the show and closed the show better than the people that came in and closed Dexter did. Funny, because I watched all of Nurse Jackie, and the last two seasons were the ones that I was like, okay, I don't really like this. And I <laughs> believe me. She was so hateable at that point that I was like, Yeah, Ugh. I hate her the whole way through. Um, and I, I hate her in those last two seasons. And honestly, if I was watching those last two seasons week to week, if I had to wait and not just binge through it like I did, because all the episodes are 30 minutes long, so it's pretty easy to crank through them um i would have stopped i would not have watched the whole thing um and i thought to my see my wife who is a doctor um absolutely hates the show house which i love um and i thought it was because of like how bad they get the medical stuff on that show but i said to her you know i was watching nurse jackie and she was around i was like here's here's a medical show that you're gonna like even less than house and she watched about six episodes with me and she was like nope i like nurse jackie i hate house um she cares (laughs) about she cares about her patients (laughs) house is a misanthrope i can't relate i can't get into it so at least she cares about her patients but yeah um so i i wouldn't recommend it but i i saw it so there you go Last but not least, we'll get to our our movie suggester. Josh, what did you watch recently? Uh, So HBO put uh, Watchmen over the paywall uh, for Juneteenth weekend, and uh, I watched them all. I think it's back over the paywall now. So you had three days to watch the nine episodes, (laughs) and um, I did those uh, as uh, fast as I could. 
I'm a big fan of the comic book, so I was really curious to see what Damon Lindelof did. Um, I mean, I was overall pretty happy with it. Um, I I feel like it got bogged down in the second half uh, with doing flashback episodes. Um, they could have spread those out a little bit better, I feel like, because uh, it killed the yeah. narrative momentum a little bit. Um but uh and also they started the or the longer the series went it did more um like flash like showing you things you already knew like if you'd been paying attention yeah. you wouldn't need to see these flashes so I, that always ticks me off when a, a movie or tv show talks down to the audience like well you dum-dums <laughs> obviously weren't paying attention so let me show you exactly well what it's we're been a while about. since i've um, read the so anyway graphic novel i have a copy of it but I feel like mm-hmm. weren't the characters in the graphic novel in the movie and not in the show? Some of them, right? The show is a s- sequel to the graphic novel, um, so it takes place uh, in 2019, I where gotcha. the novel takes place in 1985. Yeah, yeah. So some of the characters who survive the the graphic novel make it to the show, but uh, yeah, it's not a. It's a new... Uh, that's why I liked it. They weren't trying to tell the graphic novel, because that's where... I feel like the movie failed Well, it to wasn't long enough well. to do that. Um, I mean, I feel like if they so, wanted to do a series exactly. version of The Watchmen and actually adapt the novel, that could be that could be done, uh, whether it should right. be done or not, to question. Um, but mm-hmm. I think it's <laughs> probably good that they went yeah. their own and direction I, with it. Exactly, and there were talk, uh, like Terry Gilliam was in talks to make it a miniseries for HBO. Not back interested. Nineties, in <laughs> but that fell through. I love Terry right, Gilliam, right. but no. You're right, uh, but anyway, so that was really good. And then I saw um, "Do Ooh. the Right Thing" for the first time. Somehow, uh, yeah, um, wow, uh, that hit hard uh, right now. Um, and uh, I never realized Martin Lawrence had been in a good movie before, so that was shocking. Um, I didn't know Sam about Jackson Bad Boys was in that too. movie, so that was a pleasant surprise. I was going to say Wild also, Hogs, but I don't even think he's in no, Wild Hogs. Uh, the best, actually, the, my favorite Martin Lawrence movie is uh, the one with him and Tim Robbins. House Party 2? Nothing to Lose. That movie is hilarious. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite one, too. Yeah, blue, st- uh, blue, uh, blue streak. Was, not was that it bad blue streak? Yeah, the diamond yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually like that one. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah. That uh, oh, that upset me on so many levels. But I, I mean, of course, I really liked it and was uh, moved by it. So um, yeah. Anyway, those were my those okay. were my watches well, this past week. Josh suggested Hump Day, and we watched it. And we're going to talk about it. Um, I realized pretty quickly after we recorded the last time that I had seen this movie before. Had anyone else besides Josh seen the movie before? I had seen it. Okay. No. Uh, Alicia, no. let's start with you. What did you think of Hump Day? I thought it was fine. I I had not seen... Uh, any of her movies, Lynn, I'm trying to remember Lynn's Shelton. last name now, it's escaped me, but thank you, Lynn Shelton. I'd been really interested in seeing some, as a matter of fact. I'd seen, you know, obviously Glow and some other things she did, and I enjoy watching a lot of Mark Maron stuff, but um, I hadn't seen any of her films, so it was good to get to watch it. 
Um, for some reason, I don't. I'm still not exactly sure. Something about maybe the lighting and and the way they did some of the the. Uh, I guess the the filming and maybe the set design to a degree. It kind of reminded me of a movie a while back called Chuck and Buck. I don't know if you guys, any of you, saw Chuck and Buck in like the late '90s. I think it was. Um, yeah, it kind of reminded me a bit of that for some reason. Kind of the delivery of the lines and and just the way it was shot and stuff like that. I just kept having kind of some and and some of the awkwardness between the two guys was kind of Chuck and Buckish, if you guys know that story at all. But but um yeah it was fine i think uh, you know when it started going it, it was i liked how it opened i thought the opening scene was really good of them in bed and stuff like that and just laughing and talking and you know and then the friend shows up and so you know you know madcap activities ensue from here on you know because of the wild friend who's not conforming to the you know the little model of the you know wife and having kids in the house and the picket fence and all that but I think once uh, they go to like the artist collective and they're kind of hanging out there for a while and then they have this brilliant idea of the project they're going to work on, which is, of course, ends up being the main focus then for the rest of the movie. Eh, I wasn't super interested. I think the hotel scene went way too long. I think that was probably kind of the point, but it kind of lost me and it was fine. It was fine. I'm glad I saw something. I think I'd like to see some of her later stuff and kind of see what she does later a little bit more. Okay. Aaron, how about you? Man, it took me a while to get into this movie. Um, at the start, there. So the movie does not even blink an eye at a lesbian couple, and it makes this huge deal about two guys having sex. And I'm like, what is this homophobic shit that Josh has us watching? <laughs> Interesting. I, I'm just like. <laughs> What in the hell is going on? These two guys are like this. Like I'm, I'm so masculine. I can do this. It's fine. No, you'll chicken out. You'll chicken out. They're, they're treating it kind of flippant. And and, you know, these are, these, these are uh, serious things. These people's lives. You know, they, you know, gay couples exist. And and this movie kind of treats it like a, uh, you know. Two women are fine, two guys, man. And then it comes around to the final scene where they're discussing why they can't go through with it, and they kind of realize that they're um, they're scared of it. They're they're scared of homosexuality, and it's it's an eye opening conversation. And I realized that 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 anger that I was feeling towards the homophobia was the entire point of the movie. Um, and, and so it kind of won me over there at the end. Um, it, it, was, it was good. Okay. Zach? Yeah, I th- it was very much in the same camp as Alicia. It's fine. I, um, you know, like, I don't think it engaged me as much as I thought it might, perhaps. Um, I, I, I liked that it was addressing certain issues of masculinity and what that was all about. Um, I love Mark Duplass and Jay Duplass's stuff. Like anything they produce or make, I love, I love what they, what they do with the, the, the work that they do. I don't like them when the, they choose a role. I, I hate them. I want to punch them in the face. And I think that that's, that's just really good. That's kind of their thing. They're just so, 
Yeah, it's really the and I I realized that watching this as I'm watching him because I was thinking about the, him in the league and just other things I've seen him in and I'm just like I just your characters I always want to hurt because you're so you're so idiotic and you're so you're like don't think and you're just so selfish and all the stuff that he is um, which is like a lot of what the whole point of it is so I I, I guess I I really respect that he he knows how to do that well uh, and that him and his brother make great content. Um, so I really enjoyed that. The other guy too, I wasn't that familiar with. I don't think I've seen him in much else. Um, Blair Witch Project. Blair Witch Project. Oh, yeah. Didn't even, didn't even connect. Wow. Wow. Um, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he didn't actually die. Turns out that's not real. (laughs) Yeah, apparently that was just, who knew? It's all made up. Um, so he he was okay. I mean, I kind of wanted to hit him too. (laughs) Um, but, uh, you know, also they're not very good at fighting as we know off of the basketball scene and they're just like, what they're like, kind of just pushing each other and, and like rolling around and using their shoulders. Slapping in this Um, movie. Just unnecessary slapping. Slapping. (laughs) um i thought that the the actress that was the wife was really good um i i don't know if i necessarily bought into the whole idea that she was a square or like a cookie cutter like uh betty crocker wife i think that's what they were trying to paint her as um you know i I think that was the idea of the of the movie but that i think that she didn't necessarily came come across to me like that which is fine it didn't necessarily make me feel any different about her role in the film and I really like that revelation of her like being okay with it at one point and just being like, well, guess what? I had this thing. I'm telling you about it now. Uh, I get it. You know, like I really, that whole like kind of act two section, I, I really liked. I think that like act two for me was actually my, my favorite part yeah. about the film. Um, so, you know, all in all, like, yeah, it's, it was like, I'm glad I got the chance to watch it and um and really kind of you know look at that and from 2009 too such a like you know 11 years ago a different time even for us is that like how fast time progressed in terms of um just everything that happened in our country since then uh i mean the right to uh have a marriage with the same sex it's like you know we've we've come so far even Mm -hmm. from the ideas of, of this film to where we are today that it's like interesting to look back at some of this content that was made prior to some of the progressions the progress excuse me that it's been made yeah that's cool uh brooke how about you you've yeah. seen it so what was it like the second or however many times i'm assuming you only watched it once before yeah i as far as i remember uh i watched it early on not long after it came out um I liked it. I actually think I liked it more this time than I did the first time. I remember feeling very eh about it when I saw it at first. I am partial to, I know the term is not popular, but the mumblecore genre. Mm-hmm. I don't think filmmakers particularly like that, but it, it it's a certain type of movie, and that's a type of movie that I really like. I loved My Sister's Sister, mm-hmm. um, which is by Lynn Shelton, too, I yeah. believe, um, and I love anything Mark Duplass, even most of the time if he's playing somebody else, but it's, it's so funny, Zach, that you said you just want to punch him. I was listening to a podcast today. Uh, it was Mark and Jay doing an interview with Brene Brown, and they were talking about a book. I didn't know they wrote a book together, but that's what she kept saying is every time they're playing characters that aren't their own, she wants to punch them. So yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny that you and Brene Brown apparently feel the same way about the uh, Duplass brothers. J. Duplass, but, Intransparent. Uh, I, My God. 
Oh. Yeah. He's the, <laughs> he worst. the worst. Hate him. I just want to kick him in his face. That's all I want to do. <laughs> but again, they're good at those characters. Um, I I like the improvisational style. I like my comedy dramas with that naturalistic performing. And so it had those things that I like. Uh, is it something I want to watch over and over? No, but it's it's a kind of movie that I'm drawn to. Uh, I did really like um, the relationship between Anna and Ben in that it was very real. You know, he's he's saying, okay, I'm going to sleep with my friend. She's like, that's fine. I made out. It doesn't devolve into this exaggerated screaming fit like it would in most movies. It's like a very, really like, okay, well. I really want right now. All right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, which I loved that line. He's like, I want to, but I'm not going I to. I guilt trip you so because hard. a lot of, yeah. <laughs> But the reality is most relationships are based on kind of a friendship built into a relationship. I feel like that's a little bit more genuine, maybe, than what you would see in a lot of dramas like that, um, or in dramas with relationships like that. So I I thought it was worth watching. I do agree. A lot of it is a little bit outdated. But 11 years, a lot has changed. Um, would it be a... a accepted movie now or would it just be really obnoxious yeah you couldn't really do that now it's like what was the stupid uh kevin smith and adam sandler movie um how not that i watched it but i now pronounce Larry? you something and something uh, kevin james. yeah that's kevin it. James. wasn't that them kevin james who oh not kevin smith kevin james there's not a lot <laughs> so of kevin kevin smith worked with enough. adam sandler um, Weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, yeah it's a average pairing those two together but you know it's, it's so horribly offensive now um but back then people thought it was great humor but now it would just be no i mean nobody would would see it it would be just disgustingly offensive not comparing this to that but just how much what we are accepting as we should be you know this was such a weird concept even 11 years ago it's not that weird now so i i i liked it um it's the kind of movie that i am kind of drawn to so you know okay liked it i'd I'd recommend it okay well i mean this go ahead alicia i was about to say the discussion that they have about you know, there's this porn festival about making porns, you know, more artistic and back to their original roots. And what an original idea we have. Two heterosexual guys are going to go at it. Like, I was like, this is an original idea for an, uh, a submission to the art, art nouveau, whatever, you know, Hunt porn fest. festival. Let's have a couple. No one's ever thought of that. Oh, my God. Yes. Two straight guys going at it. So... Yeah, so I'm glad I, you know, I made myself last. Usually I go last um, when I think I have the lowest opinion out of everybody. Um, but I can also kind of talk to some of the other discussions that happened. And I've seen the movie before. Um, watching it a second time takes all the tension out of the will they or won't they? Um, what's the idea that they're going to arrive at? It takes the tension out of that uh, that threesome scene at the beginning of Act Two, so you're just kind of, you know, you're just kind of witnessing how they built this movie and and what they were trying to say with it. And I think, 
the basic idea was, um, you know, with Lynn Shelton being the writer of it, is that I think it's it's about not necessarily about homophobia per se, but more about what straight men think about sexuality kind of as a whole um, and what they think about that in general. The, uh, the three-way scene is really important because it answers a question that I think the movie needed to answer before it moved on, which was, could this guy just have a new type of sexual relationship uh, casually if it was with a woman and another woman? Like, could he be in a... Could he be the male part of a pseudo-lesbian threesome? And the answer is no. He can't follow through with that. He can't bring himself to do it. Um, and it's specifically when they bring in the rubber dicks that he he can't can't be involved in it anymore. Um, so that that whole sort of fear of that aspect of sexuality for for straight men. Um, the wife character, I think, is really solid, and I think that's important that she's solid, that like their relationship doesn't depend on whether or not he does this. Um, and, in fact, it kind of backfires on him because he hears something from her that he didn't want to hear um, in getting her to sort of begrudgingly agree to let him try this out. It's like, you know, well, I, I made out with a guy at a party once, so, you know before we have a baby, maybe you should go and do this if this is something you want to try to do. And then they get to the room and they have like the long, awkward, you know, this is never going to work. Who's going to back down first, you know, whole thing. Um, they don't know how to have a conversation about it. They don't know how to set any kind of ground rules or, you know, agree, you know, to what's happening beforehand. They look at the whole thing as like, there's that whole conversation about like, you know, you go in the bathroom and get hard and then just run in here and tag ass basic, basically it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's never going to work. Um, it's interesting that <laughs> the conversation that leads to them having the idea is after a bunch of uh, drugs and alcohol. And then when they actually go to film the porn, they don't get drunk at all. Like, they don't even think to, like, you know, help get their nerve up or whatever. They're just, like, they're going to do this as two straight guys, and that's the whole point, and it's going to be completely pure, and, like, and that helps to, like, ruin the whole thing from being possible. Um, when I first watched this, and I got the same impression, um, I got the same impression watching it this time. It has the same problem for me that uh, I have with Chasing Amy, speaking of Kevin Smith stuff, um, which is... Kevin James. <laughs> <laughs> which is... Uh, Paul Blart, I, mall cop. <laughs> I get really uncomfortable about movies, about straight guys that just don't get sexuality outside of their own experience that just don't understand it. Um, you know, famously in Chasing Amy, he 
decides that the solution to everyone's problems is that he should have a threesome with his best friend and the lesbian that he really wants to be with. And the lesbian's like, well, no, I don't want any part of that. And the best friend's like, well, I'd still do that. You know, sure. That sounds good. I I still do that. (laughs) He's like, well, no, I don't want to do it if she's not involved in it. Um, I find that really irritating. Um, it's sort of a, uh, sort of a gut reaction for me. Um, just stuff that happened in my past around that, that it really, uh, I don't know. People don't explore their own minds. They don't explore their own feelings around things enough in their head that they have to go and make real world mistakes to learn about this stuff um they have to drag somebody else down to figure this out about themselves um and fortunately in this case it was it was two guys with the same problem solving it for each other um which is a little better than you know if the whole point of the movie had been for them to shoot the threesome as the porn scene that would have really irritated me because that would have been basically the exact same problem as chasing Amy has. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's even with all the tension gone, there's just a lot of that that makes me really uncomfortable. Um, and, uh, I, I found myself a little bit more relaxed this time through it. There were some things that I laughed at and things that I found more funny this time. Um, but, it's a very uh it's a very dark place for me to go i guess is the way i'd say it so um that just leads me to ask josh what the hell man why why did we watch this (laughs) what the hell well uh first we watched it because we couldn't see his uh, her her latest movie uh without all having to go out of our way for it so I figured her breakthrough would probably be just as good. Um, I just watched this for the first time a month ago, maybe. So it's still pretty, it was still fresh for me. So seeing it twice in a month, um, I I did. uh, So a friend of mine recommended this to me. And I was like, well, what is to tell me what it's about? And he's like, well, it's these two guys in a hotel room for like an hour and a half trying to decide if they're going to have sex with each other. I was like, wow. Thank God that's not the movie. sounds really uh, like a two-hander. Okay. Right? <laughs> so I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. So yeah, I kept waiting. Like, I was watching and watching. I was like, do they? They're still not in the hotel. And there's yeah. only like 20 minutes left in the movie. And then finally, yeah, it gets to the third act. And um, so I was like, I, I find it funny that in his mind, that was the whole movie was in that hotel room. It's the most uncomfortable um, part, for sure. And yeah. Um, at least speaking as a straight man, oh, seeing it for the first time, yeah. it's like, you guys are so <laughs> fucking wrong. Everything you are doing is wrong. Just stop <laughs> it. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. Uh-huh. Stop it. Right. And you're like, how far is this going to go? Like, in my head, I was like, how? What am I about to watch these two guys have sex? Like, I don't know. What do I want to see? At we're the we're about to witness movie? an like, assault, right? Uh, I don't want to see an assault. Think, right. <laughs> What's funny, there's a remake. There's a <laughs> yeah. French remake of this movie. Les Humpes de. Yeah, yeah. And in it, one of the... <laughs> Les Humpes. Uh, at the end, one of the guys actually does awesome. sexually assault the other. Like, as a wacky screwball <laughs> thing. Yeah. So, uh, 
and Lynn Shelton says that's the di- like oh those French the guy directed the French <laughs> one and Lynn Shelton oh the French. I just- that's so weird. I just appreciate sexual assault being referred to as the wacky screwball. Like, yeah, like a revenge of the nerd <laughs> style. Yeah, yeah. God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What? What? You know, it's French cinema. What can you say? Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, but Lynn, Lynn Shelton was saying like that's the difference between a male and a female director that it had to go to that place with the male director to make any sense for him, yeah. you know, of that uh, conundrum. Uh, yeah. So, I, uh, yeah, watching it this time, the first scene really struck me at how it set the whole tone of the movie in that the the man and wife could speak comfortably to each other and just say, I don't want to have sex. I I feel like we should be having sex right now, but I just don't they want both to. Admit and you're my friend tired. and I'm your friend and we can just say that to each other. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then they and it was fine. And they didn't get in a fight and their marriage wasn't over. It was just a normal thing. And then just how like it takes twenty minutes for the two guys to get to that same conclusion basically. We don't want to do this. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that's all they had to say at any point in the process. Um, so anyway, I I like it. Um, I, uh, I, like Brooke said, I, I do like mumblecore movies a lot. Um, so this was up my alley. Um, there were only a twenty page. There was only a twenty page script. That I sounds think, about for the right. whole thing. Um, so it's mostly improv. Yeah, um, and I just like the way everybody handled it. Yeah, I like Duplass's performance. I felt like he was showing like the worst parts of things I had done in the past like to be to not tell the whole truth to his wife or to be kind of selfish about like not wanting to get in trouble like putting it off on his friend like well it's really his idea like it's not me uh, first off saying he just was just gonna make breakfast things. for the people at the festival just help make breakfast which was <laughs> exactly coffees, maybe yeah <laughs> like I <laughs> Yeah, make some copies. So definitely need, right. need uh, copies. I thought so. Yeah, all these be part of the crew. Well, I was going to say I thought that sounded exactly. like the beginning of a porn yeah. where you got the guy who comes in to you know make the copies. And then that was their start, scene. So he's making copies and bent over the machine. And somebody saw him. I love that. She, I love that nice. she had also already heard of it. She was very familiar with it, and he was like, "Oh, so you so you were aware? Oh, Peter, you, great. you know what it is? The, the porn convention first. <laughs> Which is a real thing. Yeah, it apparently. is. My wife um, knew about it. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I I read uh, Ebert's review, and he was saying he looked up Humpfest too to see if it was real, and he said, "But they say no penetration. If there's any penetration, you're disqualified oh, from Humpfest." So I don't know if the guys had researched that well enough. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, I just, uh, it made me uncomfortable. It made me, uh, you know, question, you know, what I wanted from the characters. Um, I, I disliked them at certain points. I sympathize with them at certain points. Um, so yeah, I got a, a range of experiences from this movie. Um, is it one of my favorites? No. Uh, I, if I watch it again, it'll be to show other people this movie, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I just thought it'd be interesting to dive into Lynn Shelton's filmography a little bit and see what she's all about. There were a couple of things that I did uh, I did think were really well done in the movie. Um, I wrote a couple of notes down here. 
um, a couple of lines that made me laugh and a couple of, of scenes that I thought were important. Um, when they uh, when they wake up the day after the party um, where they decide to make the movie, um, Mark Duplass says, I'm going to go out and throw up. And the other guy says, sounds like a day well spent. Um, that got me. Um, I think the best scene of the entire <laughs> movie is when the friend and the wife get drunk and that's how she finds out about it. That whole conversation where we know that she doesn't know and they're just like inching towards it. It's <laughs> that's funny. I thought, I thought that conversation was really funny. Um, I also love that she's drinking out of the glass and he's drinking out of the bottle. And it just, it shows the dynamic. It shows that like this, that, that male, female sort of like, like he thinks he's, you know, like wild man, whatever. And she's like very not. And it's just, well, the whole discussion of her being like a a square Betty Crocker picket fence, that all comes from her. Like that's her insecurity about who she is in the world. It's not something that someone else comes up with about her. My favorite part of that scene is uh, when he gets busted and she calls him back out there. She goes and towers over the friend to like intimidate him into shutting up. But he can't do it and he just like yells out, She knows! I thought she didn't know. It was great. Um, there's a line in that final scene where they're trying to talk each other into it. Kind of early in the scene where they're trying to talk each other into it. And Mark Duplass says these three lines right in a row very quickly. So I'm going to read them out. I don't know why I want to do this. I know it's important to me. I don't know why we need to get all worked up about it. He's just like, back and forth, vacillating wildly back and forth. I don't know why we're doing this. It's important to me. I don't know why we're getting all worked up about this. Um, And, um, did anyone stick around until the end of the credits on this one? No. There was no. a stinger on the end of this movie. Um, a woman's voice came on at the end of the credits and said, yes, Hotel B-O-N-I, I have a listing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a very interesting way for him to try to book a hotel room. And I was like, is he spelling bone what is it? hotel bone <laughs> hotel bonin yeah <laughs> oh i wanted to bring up to the um the day after the the uh party at the dionysus and uh and she's mad because he didn't come home and she fucking goes in and mounts him because she wants that goddamn baby and he's like what are you doing i'm not okay with this and she's like i don't give a fuck what you're okay with you screwed up pal she's well that's another it. it's funny because okay so that scene's funny in and of itself but that's another uh checkbox that i think the movie needed to show us was that mm-hmm men aren't a hundred percent on for sex, even with people that they're attracted to. Right. So like they have to, they have to check all these boxes of saying like, it's, it's not that it's just the two guys. It's, they really do have a more nuanced sexuality than just any woman, anytime under any circumstances. Cause, uh, he was, he was not having the, uh, the rubber dicks in in that threesome scene. He's like, I touched a rubber dick and I'm out of here. Um, 
And I love that Lynn Shelton casts herself as that character, as the the bisexual <laughs> part of the the lesbian couple. So, um, my favorite Lynn yeah. Shelton movie is Laggies. Um, I saw that in the theater when we were watching everything, and uh, I really liked that one quite a bit. That was the one with uh, Kira Knightley, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. I don't know if I've seen anything else by... I'm sure I, like, I've seen Glow. She directed Glow, um, some episodes of Glow. I don't know yeah. how much more involved she was in it than that. And there was another one that Alicia mentioned earlier, too, that I think I'd seen. Uh, sister something? Your sister's sister. Your sister's sister. That was one that I Your really... Your sister's be my sister. Your sister's sister. Yeah. Yeah, I have to look it up. That's a, I like that one a lot, too. Yeah. But yeah, I just... I don't know. Um, this... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not disrecommending uh, seeing Hump Day. Um, it just puts me in a really weird place. I know there's a lot of people that really like Chasing Amy and think it's really funny. Um, and also think it has a lot of, like, truths. Like, it taught them something. And I'm just like, get over yourself, Ben Affleck. <laughs> Nobody's interested. Stop it. Like, I want to punch, punch Ben Affleck just as hard as I want to punch Mark Duplass. So... I think the thing about Chasing Amy, though, too, is that it suggests that Jason Lee really yeah. is gay deep down. Like, his character was just yeah, repressing he homosexuality does all the love time. Ben Affleck's um, character in a sexual way. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. They, could, they couldn't just be friends who admire each other. So, at least in this one, I felt like, you know... It was more complicated than that. And I mean, and, and Duplass, that scene where he reveals the one time he had felt an attraction to another guy and kind of, you know, dealt with those feelings in a different way, I thought handled it much better than Chasing Amy did. Which I, I think is funny, too, because in that scene, he talks about, like, thinking about the guy at the video store and kissing him. And then he goes, and then I thought about touching his balls. And that's when he mm-hmm. freaked out in his head. And he does the same thing in the mm-hmm. hotel room. I mean, obviously, you know, with the whole situation <laughs> yeah. where it's like they kiss and then they were like, that's not okay. So then like, of course they can't go any further because now they've done the thing that he's already done in his brain and now his brain can't comprehend what's next. It's like, well, there's balls involved. Yeah, they just keep <laughs> rationalizing <laughs> everything. And that's just never going to work. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, it's kind of like, you know, if we hadn't, if we were in the, in the pool and we hadn't seen each other in a really long time and we are just just giving each other a hug and it's like <laughs> this isn't going to turn into a porn you guys this is not how porn <laughs> is shot <laughs> the little intro they do at the beginning of the uh the video where they're like hey yeah. what's up we're here we're gonna do we're, we're gonna, gonna do this thing. awesome thing <laughs> call us crazy yeah just bros being bros i almost bro. expected there to be uh like uh a, a mid-credit version of the film that they actually submit that's like like either what they learned from it or like the beginning of that and then like it just cuts to them going no nope didn't work uh uh-uh. uh no
What did we learn on the show tonight? Um. <laughs> <laughs> so much. Um, yeah, I, so I think Chasing Amy is a similar movie to this. Um, I can't off the top of my head think of something else that really made me feel quite this way. Um, it's just, it's such a weird concept for a movie. Yeah, I know it's not the same, but I for some reason had you, me, and Dupree in my head a lot. Okay, like not not even close to the same, really. But like, I just was like, oh, this is a situation where there's three people involved that are uncomfortable with the third person being there was a third wheel, like kind of yeah. thing. But I I don't recall you, me, and Dupree having the same uh, issues at hand that they were referring yeah. to. At hand, good one. <laughs> and. Uh, Josh Leonard does look a little like Owen Wilson. He does an so Owen Wilson wow at the beginning of the movie. He yeah. really does. Like, <laughs> right. Wow. That's why I thought of it because, like, it's the same like Owen Wilson presence where he's just like he's like he gets real excited about everything, and it's like yeah, he's real excited about everything and just in it. He doesn't. He, it's like no yeah. filter. You know, he's just constantly going. I, I re- the first time I watched it, I could not wait for that first scene at the. Dionysus home to be over it was it just made me so <laughs> angry it's like all these like you know wannabe hippie art people trying to one-up each other and Mark Duplass like trying to psych himself up like he's one of them it's like well yeah once he gets drunk he can kind of talk like one of them but he... oh off of that wonderful yellow tail wine that he brought with him <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm no that's wino, married but couple wine right there. That's fucking garbage. <laughs> <laughs> that that's married couple. I don't really want to be at this fucking party wine. <laughs> Here, give them this. Anyone else recom- would recommend it? I think we got we had like one or two people recommend this movie. I'd recommend. Yeah, it. I mean, yeah. you know, if, if I mean, it, people are interested in Lynn Shelton's work and. You know, looking for something that's different. I mean, I I love the movies that I don't necessarily love because it is something that's different. Yeah. Zach, it is your turn to suggest a movie. What would you like for us to watch? I haven't seen this one yet. I don't know how many people have seen it, but I'm really looking forward to watching it. Um, Colossal? With Anne Hathaway? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, with Anne Hathaway from Legion M. I I think that was all of us that had seen it before. Oh, good. <laughs> so, I didn't hear what oh, it was. Alicia did Colossal it? with Anne Hathaway. I have not seen it. I have not seen it. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I know what it is. Okay. You no, know, I haven't seen it, but I want to. So. Okay. Well, that will do it for this episode. Thanks, everybody, for participating in the podcast and discussing Hump Day with me. We will see you on the next Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. Thank you.